Hello everyone and welcome back to a very special um, Alien Isolation podcast. Uh, this is a bit of a surprise so I hope you enjoy it and it's special because we've got some very special guests with us today so um, I'm going to introduce Priority One Audiolog 005 Anisadora. I think you're going to be wondering what Anisadora means. Uh, this podcast is going to be a bit different because it doesn't actually relate back to any of the previous references that we've always used before which has been very alien film based as uh, most of you have guessed this one is actually linked in with our game and what it means it's up to you to discover when you play the game and uh, obviously when you do let us know um, and it's sort of like a little easter egg a little podcast easter egg as such so when you figure it out just uh, give me a tweet or post on our facebook and let us know but yes it is something to look forward to from the game but it's also called Anisadora because uh, it is going to be focused on um, alien isolation because the guest we have with us, who's um, our special guest for this podcast, is none other than Dan Abner. Um, and uh, you, some of you may already have heard of Dan um, and some of you may not. So he will pop on and introduce himself in a bit. But just very quickly, he's obviously the author of the original 2008 um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which for some film fans you will know is being made into a big uh, Marvel uh, superhero film this summer. So for us, it's a huge deal to have him in the studio and to have him with us in this podcast. But there are also some other people with us, not so special. Oh, joke, joke. Oh, don't get so upset, Al. Uh, but they featured on our podcast before. Oh, Al, don't cry. Well, don't me, cry. You Don't called me uh, heavyweight last you, time. You asked and, now, and, now it's, and now it's not so special but it's like, now. It's like heavyweight versus, you know, like. Are you know, saying I'm fat? <laughs> like foul, star contender. A bit like that. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's sorted. Deal. Done. Anyway, no, they are very special, obviously. We've got um, our creative lead, Al Hope, with us, and uh, our narrative designer, Dion. Um, who uh, both have appeared in previous podcasts before, so you would have heard their uh, melodic tones. And you'll hear them again in today's podcast. So, fellas, um, why don't you introduce yourselves to our listeners so they can, certainly for Dan, match a voice to a name. Okay, first, Al. Hi, I'm Heavyweight. Al. <coughs> I'm Al Hope. I'm creative lead of Alien Isolation. Uh, former heavyweight, now not so special. <laughs> Um, oh. Hi, I'm uh, Dion Lay. I'm narrative designer on Alien Isolation. I have also been downgraded from <laughs> <laughs> heavyweight, but I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Let's press it. Oh dear. And I'm Dan Abnett, uh, author and writer of stuff, and uh, and apparently a superstar. I don't know. You are a superstar. <laughs> Sorry. I've got a gold no. jacket with your face on the back. <laughs> you walked in wearing a cape. What can I say? <coughs> so uh... that was my everyday cape. <laughs> We didn't even get the special. Um, so I want to introduce uh, Dan um, because really, you know, you, we've brought you on really to talk about what you've done with Alien Isolation and mm -hmm. your involvement. So if you can give us a little bit more info about uh, what you've done previously, uh, that would be really great. And yeah. give us our listeners an idea. As uh, well, well I've, for, very, for a very long time now, I've been a comic book writer and I've written for most of the major publishers, Marvel, DC, 2000 AD, uh, and many, many different things. And uh, I'm also for about uh, 20 years now, I've also been a novelist. Uh, writing 
novels, Doctor Who, Torchwood, a lot of Warhammer novels, which uh, I have a, I don't know how many it is now, I think it's about 50 novels I've written. And in, and you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy, I've just written a Guardians of the Galaxy novel, which is which is out this weekend. So Amazing. Uh, yeah, so that, a lot of writing stuff in a lot of franchises, something I've really enjoyed uh, over the years. And in, in more recent years, working in games as well. And and this, this is, to me, is a huge treat, was to be invited by Alta to get involved in this game. I love Alien and uh, to help craft the storyline and to and to put a, put a narrative into into what an amazingly realized world it was a it was a great opportunity and i've just just been seeing some of it i was, <laughs> just, gonna say, I was just gonna say so dion has just shown you yes um parts of the game which he died you, twice uh we don't want to talk we don't <laughs> talk about because we don't want to ruin too much but you you did get to see uh, it, some it, nice parts absolutely astonishing, of the game yeah. and dion died only twice only I was twice very surprised yeah, you were cheating i was going very <laughs> slowly and <laughs> I think I think my famous last words at one point were, "Oh, this is this is going well." Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm fine. Here. I think I'm fine. Here. <laughs> and he was most people's famous last words. Okay, brilliant. So uh, normally in our podcasts, I do open the questions out to you guys, but I want to surprise you because obviously it's nice to have a surprise every so often. So this time I did not ask you and um, send your questions instead. I've got some questions for Dan. And I do, I think you've got a question later as well to, to ask for you, Dan, which hopefully, you know, um, is going to give everyone a bigger insight into um, yourself and Alien Isolation and uh, your contribution, our contribution mm -hmm. into the world of the game that we're creating. So on to my first question. I'd like to know, for all of you, how the story of Alien Isolation kind of began. And Dan, what was your sort of involvement in it? And uh, what previous influences and inspirations did you all get from the previous work that you've done, which you then put into Alien Isolation with, you know, like what we mentioned, the um, comic work that you've done, the novel work mm -hmm. that you've done as well. And then obviously being able to work with, like you say, different franchises and big names. How has that all sort of like helped create the world of Alien Isolation, which people will be able to enjoy from October the 7th and onwards. Well, uh, from my point of view, I mean, as I said earlier, Al, Al actually approached me and, and, and asked me if I would like to get involved. <coughs> Fairly early on in the, in the process, I think the concept of the game was, was established, mm -hmm. that, that it was going to be very much more atmospheric and scary and a survival game rather than a, uh, an all-out action mm -hmm. story. And even at that point, I think... Uh, Certain things have been realised. There was a there was a demo that I got to see, and I realised exactly uh, uh, how extraordinarily realistic the the environment was. And it was a matter of then sitting down and brainstorming a way of putting a story that could run through that. And I think with Alien, it, it strikes me there are things like Alien. I, I guess Blade Runner will be another one. Doctor Who. There are certain things that have a huge influence on the body of science fiction. So it's actually, it's quite a daunting thing to do. I remember the very first time I was asked to write Batman, I felt exactly the same way. I thought, great, I want to write Batman. And then I went, what can I possibly write that hasn't already happened? Because it is just, it is such a such a big thing. And I think that there's a slight feeling with, with, with Alien as well, is that so many things have derived their look and feel from the Alien movies, uh, particularly Alien itself that it's it, you want to make sure you do something that captures the spirit and flavor of it without appearing to be derivative or diluting what the the strength of the original as well so i think that was probably the the biggest mental obstacle uh, you know sort of had had to take the ingredients and sort of make uh, a game that was absolutely a sequel but also complete in its own right mm. yeah i mean yeah exactly this all came back to where we back to where we started which was wanting to make a game that kind of took you back you know to 35 years ago back to to that original first film and and you know for the first time because i think mm. other games are you know really focused on the james cameron experience and we've felt like we could do something you know different and, and go back to that original 
uh, lo-fi, sci-fi, 70s view of the future. And so I suppose from the outset, that kind of defined some of the big stuff. You know, we weren't, we weren't making the, the game of the movie, tell our own story. Uh, but we also, because we love the the look and feel of that mm. that first film, we, you know, we really wanted to position ourselves as close as possible to that first film to, to take advantage of it, so our world could look, you know, so similar mm. um, as if you know our world had been built almost by the same people. And so I guess that that kind of sort of initially positioned ourselves within this kind of mm. timeline as, as to where <coughs> our story would take place and. I guess it was from that point it was kind of figuring out okay well we know where we are where we want to be how, how are we gonna how are we, you know what what's, mm. what is our story and, and how are we going to realize it? the feel of that world actually mm. it on, on both at the sort of very top end of what kind of story do we tell right down to the sort of micro of what is the game playing experience like that it actually has that tech feel that is that is unique to that movie uh, which uh, I, I think is, is great because the, the, the inspiration runs right the way across the board from the micro to the macro yeah and then I guess uh, yeah I mean so so we had this kind of really fantastic world and I guess it was it was just thinking about you know I think there was some things from my perspective that I really wanted to try and mirror from the first film you know because I suppose we take a lot of our cues and our values from mm. the first film so things like you know having a quite a small cast that you got to know and mm -hmm. characters who who would react differently to situations as they arose and I guess you know actually quite early on we realized there was this character whose story hadn't been told but she was completely connected to the original film in Amanda Amanda Ripley you know, Ellen Ripley's daughter once we kind of realized that that seemed to be it was, it was hard for us to kind of mm -hmm. in a way consider any other stories it seemed that mm -hmm. seemed so compelling and everything kind of started fall into place mm. you kind of, and I think um, we we both said about the the kind of feeling of the original film so we, we had kind of the feeling we wanted in the game and we knew what we wanted to get with at the at the end you know what kind of not what kind of story but okay we want it to be you know a stealth experience and we want it to be really scary mm -hmm. and I think then that kind of informs uh, Amanda Ripley's kind of tale like where she's her journey and also um, certain things like so when we came to you, we were kind of like, right, this is what we've got. And we, we kind of want to get here and there's got to be a bit here. Yeah. But then mainly it's like, okay, we need a story to take us through that. Mm. And I think um, what's great is you, because the feel of the film is so strong, there's certain things which you kind of go, actually, that wouldn't happen. That just wouldn't happen in that universe. Mm. So the story kind of really fits within that universe. But you just need these extra surprises to kind of drive you along and, and kind Absolutely. of new, new information because there's a lot of the you know a lot about the alien people know and that's the kind of stuff they want to see mm -hmm. but then also you've got to bring something new to the table without breaking the universe yes without it being appropriate yeah. to the, absolutely yeah because yeah. I mean there are templates there for a start there is the continuity template you can take the first mm -hmm. alien and aliens there is information contained within those two great movies that give you a structure that you can't break out of. you know certain <clears throat> things about dates and times and, and places and people so that gave us a target area and also alien itself as a movie gave us a sort of stylistic template as, as Dion said I think that's absolutely right there are certain things we could think of that would be probably great in a game that just wouldn't be right for this mm. this wouldn't happen in this in this universe uh so that actually those kind of restraints actually really ha help craft the strongest possible story and to try and do something that is that follows the spirit and intent of alien so it gives you the same sort of adventure experience makes the same logic has the same almost low-key almost improvised feel it's a very realistic universe mm. i mean it's a very sort of yeah. sort of it's not a glamorous place at all and it's a very sort of yeah. it's very it's people at work really yeah. they just happen to work in space as <clears throat> kirk once said and those sorts of things again determine how sort of 
you know, exciting the story is. I think it's an exciting story, but it's exciting on that visceral level of, of survival to, to capture that atmosphere and that, that sort of thing. So the more you just look at the film, as we have done many, many times between us, uh, the more you realise that you've sort of, your style book is right there, that, you, that what you can and can't do is, is, is sort of almost preordained in, in the, uh, uh, from, from moving from the film onwards. Uh, and so that was fun. It was fun to, to have those conversations where we said, yeah, that's mm. that's not right. That's not going to work. <laughs> or occasionally when I would go, no, we can't do that. We yeah, haven't got yeah, the budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, because it's such a strong universe and certainly that, that first film has such a you know, unique, fining feel to it, I think that also gave us quite a lot of confidence that mm. you know it's quite a um, pretty awesome playground to be in and, and to have those kind of conversations yeah. and questions because... It is very, very strong and defined and, and allowed us to kind of, I suppose, explore ideas mm. within that. Because it is quite a mundane world. You know, we, we, we knew we weren't going to kind of go off in certain directions. We had to always kind of feel very believable and very credible. But that believability also has, has then bred things into the game that I guess we weren't necessarily expecting. You were, you were hoping to build a game that was a scary experience, mm. for, very intensely scary experience for the for the player and in fact it probably is more intensely scary than you imagined it would be because oh, of the the combination of sound and visuals and, and music and that kind of stuff i mean i think the original demo the first time i came in you built a demo that you expected people to play in 20 minutes I yeah, think it was about 20 minutes. And you said most people were taking over an hour yeah. because, A, they were fascinated by the environment, so you know because it was so tactile and so functional and so interesting. Mm. But also the menace was such that they would spend most of the yeah. time under a table or yeah, in a cupboard. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is most people's um, strategy is, is hiding in lockers. and. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we, I, so that was, that was really interesting for us. I mean, it was, a, it was very, very unfair in that we were really dropping people into the deep end. Mm. And so they had no, you know, no experience in trying to survive. And so they were just using their instincts, which is, you know, exactly, I guess, what we wanted people to do is just use, use their intuition to try and stay you know, alive. And, and which is actually what in, in the actual game proper is, you know, it's going to be a, one of the main things that you can bring that will help you to survive mm. is to make sure that the, the alien can't see you and can't hear you. Yeah. And so they're playing, they're playing it absolutely correctly. It's just, yeah. you know, first time experience, yeah. you're going to be very, very cautious. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Very good. Podcast uh, over. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think uh, I think you've gone back up uh, on the oh, level of awesome. Well, there you go. Promoted. Yeah. That's <laughs> how Only this, him, you notice. Yeah, that's how this game goes. He's okay. Really, he's <laughs> I, I met you both. I met you both. Um, thanks for that. That's fantastic. And I think that sort of like really gives a really good, you know, um, explanation uh, into sort of like the backstory, really. Mm. And before we go on um, into my further questions, I would like to just point out that by this point now, some of you lucky people who would have gone to um, Comic-Con will have picked up a very special comic book, the Alien Isolation comic book that was worked on by Dion and and Dan. Um, So hopefully you will be holding them in your arms right now and uh, marvelling in their um, gloriousness. And this will hopefully give you as well a little bit more uh, visual background into what we're about to discuss further in this podcast. And for those of you who've not yet been able to get your um, uh, mitts on these, hopefully there will be further occasions with which we can delight you with these uh, awesome, awesome, stunning comics. And they are really genuinely very pretty to look at and and terrifying at the same time as well. So I look forward to those. Um, But yes, you know, bear those in mind as 
that as we talk through um, the next couple of pointers and questions, because uh, that's going to give you uh, more backstory and, and certainly more information into Dion and Dan's work and, and our work with, uh, you know, um, all the writers and uh, together on, on Alien Isolation. So uh, next question, what did you enjoy the most about working with said source material, which is Alien um, and the Alien world to create the characters, the narrative uh, and the world for Alien Isolation? I think it was. I think it was uh, for me. It was. It was finding out how far we could take things and it still be alien. Yeah. You know, there, there, without without giving anything away, there are certain things in the game where we have we have we have extrapolated out a little mm. bit in terms of I don't know scale or, or concept. And uh, it's uh, and I think that was fun is to, to work out how far to go with something without without breaking the structure. Was, yeah, was, was, was very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean sometimes you, we kind of um, uh, we went we went so far and then we thought oh maybe we can't do this actually and then. And then actually other things prove out, like sometimes the art would prove some an idea out mm. that we kind of think, maybe this isn't going to, you know, this is too much. And then you kind of see it in the artwork and go, no, actually, this is fine. It's completely in line with the, with the game and you can get it in. And it's kind of um, what you said about being a playground is, is kind of nice because it's, you know, obviously it's hard work and <laughs> I get driven into the ground every day. It's daily basis. But actually, you know, it's it's basically it's just it's a lot of fun. And you are kind of playing a little bit on those in the in the early stages, playing around, testing stuff out. And then you kind of um, you kind of prove it sometimes with, you know, it can be just the wine, sometimes it can be see a bit of gameplay or art or even sound and you go, actually that works completely fine, we can go with that. Mm. Um, so that that was really, really good fun and, and um and seeing, you know, when we did the characters and um and then, you know, getting back from what Dan's written and then we see the actual the art creating the characters as well and you kinda of go, Yeah, that's right. That's mm. that person and that's gonna really work. Yeah. Right. I mean yeah, I suppose one of the other important things to remember is Aliens is 116 minutes long, um, but we always knew we needed to generate a huge amount of more content, hours and hours and hours of content. Yeah, yeah. And so we couldn't just completely m mirror the film and replicate that. You know, we had to bring something else and create a wider, larger world, which comes with newer challenges because we'd be adding stuff, you know, mm -hmm. creating this world and adding survivors and adding a different type of, you know, seeks and synthetics is us inputting into the universe and adding new stuff but wanting to make it feel as like as, it's been uh, there all the time yeah exactly if it doesn't feel like it should have been there in the first place then it it doesn't fit yeah and i think actually i think you know uh so so far so good i think we're you know mm. people, like like dan said but you know we, we we see it as we're working on it and we think okay this is this is going in the right direction and then you know when we've been able to show people and and taken the game out you know people have responded so well to it you know i think that's that's really reassuring that uh, Mm. that those sort of additions have seemed in keeping with them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think um, um, just something really simple like just the names in uh, like the names of uh, you know Siegson and the characters is you know when you hear them you kind of go yep yeah, I can imagine that mm -hmm. on the Nostromo I can imagine that character I mean that's really that's like just the names as well mm. even those kind of fit and you kind of go oh okay so it's, you kind of like learn the language and mm. and then you you'll, you start playing with the language and then you'll kind of I don't know why I'm going with the language. Thing, sorry. <laughs> Did you I have just... any like crazy names that uh, you originally thought of, and then were just like, no. Nah, Main character but... originally called Bobo. Bobo, yeah. Bobo. Yeah, we didn't, Amazing. That was not no. Mass it just had like <laughs> massive feet and <laughs> wings. And, uh, we yeah. thought we, it needed a bit more comedy. Why, yeah, why right. Why did up the comedy, yeah. comedy element. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think um, Amanda. Um, herself was really nice to uh, create as well. Yeah, um, it, it, I mean, yes, it, to, to, to create a, a, a <coughs> well, she is a Ripley too. But but Ripley is such an iconic mm. character, mm. and you need 
a focus character in, in the story that has that strength and as you, you were saying ingenuity it's a, it's a game about ingenuity it's about, about learning practical survival skills and employing them and, and just working your way around problems and she she needed to be her, her mother's daughter and have those same reserves of determination I suppose mm. and, and, and be very proactive she shouldn't, shouldn't be a sort of victimised character in the middle of it I think we've I think we've done that, and mm. I think and that was fun fun to build as well. Yeah, because I mean we didn't want Amanda to just be a clone. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of <laughs> she had to have the same values as her mother, but obviously she's had taken a different path and mm. had a different journey. Mm. And so yeah, it was interesting kind of cre- yeah, creating that balance. She's obviously an existing character because she exists in mm. the universe, but. I guess she hadn't been fleshed out. I think that one of the other things that we had to achieve, of course, is uh, generally speaking, we the, the the audience knows more about the universe and the oh, alien absolutely. than the main characters in the story, mm. yeah. and that was something we had to keep reminding ourselves of. That yeah. There is yeah. so much sort of you know, the, the, as it were, the life cycle of the alien, all that sort of stuff that you only discover really in in, in later films is is now sort of embedded in SF law. Everybody knows about that kind of stuff. They come to the game expecting that, and, and to to actually sort of set foot on the ships or whatever, and 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 kind of know what to expect, and so how, how to a communicate the comparative ignorance of the main characters without making them feel like idiots, mm. uh, and also to show ways of perhaps unsettling those expectations occasionally <laughs> just just because you've seen the movie doesn't mean that you have an advantage so those 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 were the, those were the odd things too though going back to the, the first film rather than just making another story yeah. set in that universe was a, that was a sort of unique balance i suppose that's in a way why, why we took the approach with, we did with the alien in that you know when when you come to this game and say you're a, a super fan then you know everything there is to know about the alien the one thing you can't know is moment to moment what's going to happen next. Yeah. I guess that's where mm. that's one you know one of the kind of important decisions we made early on is that that that's going to potentially help you and that you know it's it's a terrifying and, and a, a lethal opponent. Mm. But you know moment to moment that that isn't going to help you. You're going to have to pay attention. Mm. But I love the fact that you know the uh, you know main character at the start doesn't know anything about it and a lot of the people don't because it just it's mysterious again. And you kind of like yeah. you know you going oh my god they don't know. But it's a story you know, also. It's so. a story about a search for knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. She, she is driven by a determination yeah. to find something out and what she finds out leads her to a whole another different unexpected yeah. amount of knowledge uh, so, it's, so it's, it starts out as her sort of learning process moves sideways to learn frantically learn about something she wasn't expecting to have to learn mm. about but, and again at the same time the player is learning about how to mm. Mm. So I think that's the, the great thing is that the, the, the character and the player are <coughs> kind of in about yeah. how yeah. they're going to survive and uh, you know everyone can look forward to learning sheer survival tactics against what is possibly you know one of the scariest things really. Yeah. And it is great because when we do take the game out and people try it, it's it's almost masochistic of us really. But I personally quite enjoy it, standing there <laughs> watching people getting really terrified and really scared. And you know, it is awesome. But but it's awesome because it's great to see people get really. Um, immersed in the world mm. and to see them jump and to see them rip their headphones mm. off and and, and to, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly oh, yeah. And to see people hiding behind their controllers yeah you know that's that's fantastic because that you know we know that they're they're totally into the into yeah. what's what they're experiencing and, and getting a you know i think like i said before one of the biggest surprises for me is seeing people play the game be killed and have massive smiles on their faces, mm. be- beaming away. And, um, you know, they might take their headphones off and um, just compose themselves, put their headphones back on and, 
and have another go. <laughs> and you know, that's, yeah. that's just awesome. Because mm. everyone knows that Alien is absolutely terrifying and really, really scary. So for us, I think to be able to achieve that impact with people going in, playing, knowing fully well that they are going to be scared, but still mm. being absolutely scared, like more than they anticipated, I think is a win. Mm. Like we went to a recent event where there was this a guy playing with his girlfriend sat next to him and she was like run run <laughs> run and he was like i am i am and she was like don't stop running and literally she was shouting this out it's quite funny because she was obviously getting really distressed watching him play it and he was trying to mm. navigate the situation and it would have been helpful i guess without her shouting at him uh, whilst he was trying to hide <laughs> away from this uh, this monster but it, it was also nice that we could affect spectators as well and and people just watching yeah, um, yeah. People, well, people have a quite an emotional physical mm. reaction to playing this game it's, it's awesome yeah you'll have and to the, uh, the, sorry i was going to say the, the the expectation of course if you go go to it knowing how scary it's going to be and knowing that it's out there somewhere uh, not only do you then have to learn the tactics to survive, but also the fact that you kind of, your expectation is so high. I found the, f the first time I was showing bits of it, I kept seeing it everywhere. Yeah. I was going, there, oh, no, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, yeah. oh, no, there isn't. Yeah. And, I, and that, that yeah. sort of, you know, sort of you're jumping at, literally jumping at shadows, yeah, yeah, which, is, yeah. uh, which is great. Yeah. So much to look forward to. Now, you might have answered my next question, actually, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, what you just previously discussed, would you say that was part that was like part of some of the biggest challenges you had creating, you know, the world of Alien Isolation? Or was there, was there more? And if there was, you know, a, a bigger challenge, what was it? And, you know, how did you overcome it? And what did you enjoy, you know, meeting that challenge? I, I would have said, and this, this had nothing to do with me, but I would have said the greatest challenge was to recreate the world as, as has been done spectacularly and to make it so compelling that you want to exist in it. And I, I guess I guess the writing is part of creating that world because it's creating the names, it's creating the oh, language, yeah, it's creating yeah. everything. Yeah. But just the physicality is amazing. And I feel, obviously the intention was to set out to make a game that was scary with a monster in it. Yeah, fine. But I do think it's lovely that the actual, that tension we were just talking about, that tension, the, the fear, the, the visceral emotional response that people are having to the game, game is sort of happens as it were spontaneously we expected them to be scared yeah. but actually by creating the environment and creating the storyline there is an unexpected volume of emotional response to that which uh, which you, you couldn't have planned to do mm. you know all you could do is plan to make a nice tense game and then see the sheer level of the tension so yeah. that, that, those things that sort of happen alchemically in the middle of the mix I yeah think. i mean i think that's it you know we, we think we realized early on that this game is very much more than the sum of its parts even more so than than any game I think we'd ever worked on before because it, it really relies on everything working together, whether it's mm. the story or it's the world or it's the audio or it's the, you know. The audio is really important in terms, yeah, of, in exactly. terms of suspense, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it really gets inside your head, um, really directs you as to how you should be feeling and thinking. And and so it is this lovely, you know, combination of all of those things working together. And I suppose because the alien is dynamic and reactive and we don't determine where you're going to get killed, it just happens kind of quite an emergent way and quite organically. I think there's, you know, the fact that, you know, Dion and, and I can play the game and we don't know what's going to happen. So our, our hearts are thumping away and we die, Dion especially. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll get those achievements. <laughs> you know, we die and that's crazy. We've been working on this game for so long, you know, that we should be the masters of it. We, un we even understand what's going on under the hood. And so, um, yeah, it's a really quite a remarkable achievement the team have pulled off. You know, we had, like Dan said, we had a goal to make us a really scary, really believable alien game and I think it's actually kind of exceeded our expectations. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Well, I think you've just gone up another level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Two there we go. Wow. Wow. So good, see? 
All right. Um, next question is um, this is slightly different to saying what is your favorite thing, which is a, a, another question I'll ask later. But it's more like what aspect was it about the alien film and the alien world that you uh, loved the most? And what major inspirations did you get from those aspects that you sort of like brought into the game and made a part of the story and, and now occasionally look back at and on and go, yeah, I'm really glad I, I got that in there. Um, without my, obviously giving away too without much. obviously giving away <laughs> I, I, I mean I think I think Alien is an amazing movie uh, bec I think probably because it was that synthesis of different creators coming together in the perfect way and matching it I, I love the fact that the, the human technology and environments in the film are totally credible Mm. and very, very human. And the fact that the alien component is completely... Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't think there is a better alien mm. in any... No. In, you know, I just think yeah. it is so extraordinarily otherworldly and sinister. I mean, just visually sinister before it mm. even does anything. And, and the, the, the very wise decision to have great creators work on, as it were, separately. I think, you know, if Geiger, for instance, had designed the whole film and the ships, it would have been a great film. But then <laughs> it is the contrast between those yeah. two things. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's something we've remembered. <laughs> we've mm. we've gone along the the sort of what you call it lo-fi lo-fi authenticity yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so to me that's the, the, one of the abiding things about the film and that's one of the things that's in the forefront of my mind when we were we're working on it yeah i love that i mean similar thing dan is is, is the way um the crew are just you know they're just working people in space and mm -hmm. um theoretically could be it's in space and it's in the future but it's not a futuristic sci-fi really even though it's, in the, it's just like oh that this is what it'll probably be like in the future the ship looks like it could have been you know around today if we could find you know <laughs> fly uh, through light speed but it's um so you, you get them you go all oh, right oh right they're just workers and they're not space captains fighting this amazing war they're just workers in space and oh the aliens appeared and they're not used to aliens and mm. i'm not used to aliens so you totally get them and you totally understand that um the alien is just as monstrous to them as it would be mm. to you i mean it completely blows a mind and and it's I mean, it looks amazing. It's kind of um, the alien is is like the new standard for monsters. I think since since it appeared, it became a template for mm. you know you see a lot of games and comics as you know comics especially mm. where you see it's they've used it because yeah. they go right. This is you know it might have been like vampires and Dracula, but then the alien came around and they're like right, that's a monster, mm. and it's um, which is amazing for you know to appear that late in the kind of horror history and then mm. kind of usurp loads of other monsters mm. and go wow, this is the new big bad, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 that difference between the humans who we all completely get, and then this alien, and yeah. the fact you don't know anything about it. Yeah, and, 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 and sort of never you know, do because no. it doesn't. It is. Yeah, know, and you try and get it, like, and silent, and it's just extraordinary. I mean, it looks extraordinary, but it's also the way that they then made it behave. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's very unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love. I mean, I, I love when people try and um, and they're talking about the alien, and there's lots of theories about it, its you know backstory and kind of what it can do and why it does this. And, what, and I love the fact that people are still guessing because mm. they don't know, and that's mm. what makes it great. You go, like, if it does that, but why does it do that? So nothing works, and mm. you kind of like, God, I don't get it, and that's mm. perfect. That's mm. a perfect monster. You know? mm. These are kind of the, these you know what do we love about Alien? Well, they're the kind of you know they're the kind of conversations that kick this whole thing off in the mm. first place, yeah. and and it's, it's everything the guys have been saying. I guess on to, on top of that, I guess it was just simply wanting to make a game. The thing about I love about Alien is is the the way it makes you feel mm. when you're when you're watching it, and I suppose that was something that I really wanted to try and capture in the video game that you felt underpowered and underprepared and mm. and never really you know I think games quite often make you feel very impacted and, yeah. and it's about you kind of um, being a badass and I really wanted to make an alien game that made you feel mm. like you were back there on the Nostromo being hunted 
by, by something that was utterly credible, although extraordinary and, and mm. unknowable and unpredictable. And that was what I was, yeah, we were trying to capture. Mm. Well, I think it's in, in many respects, I always think of Alien as a horror film rather than a science fiction film. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's obviously, it's, it, it is a science fiction in its setting. And I don't mean horror film in terms of schlock gore horror film. I mean horror in the in the sort of strictest sense of it, which, which inspires a sense of awe and dread. And, you know, I mean, it's a claustrophobic film. It's a, it's immensely tense. There, and and those, mm. those, are the, those are the very flavours that you want to capture because I think they're comparatively unusual. As you say, most games empower you yeah. and they're allowed stompy games to sort of swagger through and have great fun with them. To, to actually recreate that that intensity of uh, survival is, yeah. um, I think, clever. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, just to go, go back to this, actually, I suppose one of the things we realised early on was, um, one of the many things we realised, uh, <laughs> was the, the importance of the fact that it was this lo-fi world, that it's not just a visual thing, it's not just this kind of looking back and nostalgically looking at the 70s going, oh, isn't that cute, that everything from the palette to the push-button technology, mm. and that actually I think it plays such an important role in helping you understand what's possible. As Dion said, you know, it's absolutely set in the future. It's, you know, so from a sci-fi perspective, it, it, it ticks the box, you know, it's where in the future they obviously have some kind of faster than light drives or whatever, you know, they're, they're freezing themselves to travel great distances. So this is definitely the future. It's totally baked in the past. It's, you know, a snapshot of someone's view in the 70s of what the future could be like <clears throat> based on their knowledge, you know, mm. without getting too, too weird and wacky, you know, it's very grounded. But I think the important thing about that, it being so mundane and so grounded is that at no point do you think, oh, I'm going to find some technological answer to mm. kill this thing, <clears throat> that there's no, there's no laser gun <clears throat> or, phaser or you know if if, mm. if the alien drop appeared on in you know, star trek or star wars you'd think okay there's there's probably something here that uh, there's some technology here that can probably deal with this yeah mm. but in alien the, the technology is downplayed so much at no point do you do you really think i mean you know they, it's, it's kind of almost pathetic that they get the flame you know the incinerators and you know that's about as good as it gets mm. and that's absolutely right you know mm. that's that just f feeds into your fear that yeah, a cat problem with a flamethrower. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was in the future. Surely there's something here that's going to help me. No, you know, that's and not I mean, they even have to cobble it together. It's yeah. not, it's it's not, not even in there. Like, there. Yeah. We've got bits <laughs> yeah. we can kind of sellotape together. Mm. And this, you know. It is genuinely like if, if the alien just literally plonked in our studio. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, we could scrabble bits of a console and I'd throw a console <laughs> at it. But that's that's pretty much my my arsenal out, there, got, out the window. I've got laser guns. It <laughs> <laughs> cost me a lot of money. If that's if that's your cup of tea with hot contents, yeah. I don't think that's gonna that's gonna work. <laughs> okay, so now moving back to the comics, you know, obviously I mentioned the uh, Alien Isolation comic earlier, and I'd like to have a question dedicated to it. So um, obviously it's absolutely gorgeous, and I loved reading it and, and looking through. And I obviously remember looking at it when it was black and white, and now being able to see it in, in color is absolutely stunning. Um, so I'd like to know for you, what was your best bit, like frame or moment? You know, what was your favorite bit from that comic, and where did uh, you draw your inspiration for that bit from? You know, from your previous works and things like that. Okay, to, to hijack Nian's question. Uh, Points down now. Um, Points yeah. are down. I don't, I don't, I don't <coughs> care. <laughs> Goes up and down all the time. Um, I mean, I thought it was really interesting because you know we realised that there's a potential to do a, a comic with Dark Horse, which was was super cool. And I guess I guess it was interesting when we first talked about it. You know, the, the kind of approach. Uh, you know, we we didn't want to kind of necessarily just make a comic book story that, that it was like an, just an alien attack or yeah that we. We, we felt like there was an opportunity to tell a different yeah. story and to and to do something slightly different. I, th I mean, when we got together, we were kicking around ideas and stuff. And um, one of the things we thought about is um, like horror anthologies, where you kind of because mm. we've got a very limited like amount of pages, yeah. you know. 
Um, so little short stories, like a you know, mirroring the kind of horror anthologies where you get three horror stories in one, mm. and they all kind of tie mm. up at the end, and you're like, oh my god. Mm. And and so that that seemed to fit really well for this. And I I think also because it gave us a chance to step away from the main story a little bit and talk about the people on board yeah. and all the interesting things that, that the way that the alien could impact them. Mm. Rather than like it could impact a man in the main story, you go well. There's all these other people, and let's see see how how, how it can affect them, and what other kind of stories we can tell. Rather than an alien killing someone, and mm. you no, know, I mean it always yeah. looks great. I mean, is, is there? Cause be, I think because in this, in the, you'll know, but um, I don't think at this point that the comic's been widely released. So may, maybe it'd be worth you guys yeah, kind, of so, giving a kind of brief overview of what what's yeah. Good shout story. out. Points back up. <laughs> so if you can give us a, a, a sort of like quick synopsis. Uh, well, well but no, I'll let Dion, Dion give you the synopsis. What I was going to say was that it is it is a as it were a self-contained story. You don't it is not reliant on you knowing anything else. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so the, it's not like it makes no sense if you haven't experienced the game. If you experience the game, what what I really love about it, and I think it's something that, that Dion brought to this very cleverly, is the way the elements of the story, the segments of the story, interlace brilliantly into the game. So you can see the connective tissue. It's not not vital to know it but it's there when that's true actually yeah. it's true yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you see what you say yeah <laughs> Nice. Yes. 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 Yeah. Nice. That's true. Yeah. That was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was tricky. You just got to. You got to juggle a lot of stuff to kind of go. Let's make sure that's in. And so, um, a brief synopsis is: it's, it's um, prior to Amanda's arrival, but it's um, the alien is is there. And um, yeah, and it's it's um, it's three stories. Um, they're all really closely related. It's set on the station. Set on the station. Yeah, about, station. About, about the lives of people on the station when when the crisis begins to, to yeah. kick off. Yeah. It, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I've lost a bit, so. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not it's to terrible. get it. It's hard not to get it. I had it all in my head. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. So I, you I was said, kind of looking through yeah. it. What's your favourite moment? And yeah. my favourite moment, and it's a good thing we're on the radio, is that reveal. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah. I don't want to tell anybody yeah, no, that no, reveal. No, no we don't want to tell that reveal. My, I mean, for people... That's mind fate, my yeah, favourite yeah. moment. People who have got it, I suspect you'll know what that reveal is. But for those who haven't, we don't want to spoil it for you. So, yeah, it's, you know... The art's gorgeous. The art's lovely, yeah. And beautifully, to me, reminiscent of the the great Archie Gilby and Walt Simonson adaptation, one of the first comic adaptations of a movie yeah. Done back in 1980. It's still, I still think it's still in print because it's so gorgeous. Yeah. And it's got that very graphic feel to it, which I yeah. think is. Uh, no, that was, that was, yeah, and Henry's awesome. And I think it was, um, actually, we asked you, Dan, for some suggestions on who, who uh, might do a really great mm. job. And uh, I think we were all kind of excited thinking, well, can we get, well, really, can we get Henry mm. to do this? And, yeah. and he's done an amazing job. So, uh, yeah. Yep. And some of you, again, lucky few at San Diego Comic Con may have got yourself a copy signed by um, Henry. And Dan and Dion. So uh, well done on those and uh, keep them close. And I'm sure they'll be worth millions in the future. Billions. They will be. <laughs> so keep keep them close and keep them safe. Mm-hmm. Safe and close. Okay, great. Um, right, so moving on to slightly sort of like more quiz fun question now. Uh, what is your favourite moment from the film? Um, and Dion and Al, I know I've asked you this before, but maybe you can think of like your mm. second favourite moment. But Dan, <laughs> let's let's go to you first. Uh, my favourite moment from the film. Um, I'm going to be cheeky and pick two actually, Oof, but, right, but, but, because they both do the same thing. I mean, there's, there's so many, it's so full of amazing visuals and amazing tense scenes, and some of them are absolute cinematic classics and that kind of stuff. But to me, the things that make the film are the, are the very opening, the, the tracking shot through the through the empty ship, 
with everybody still asleep and things stirring and that sense of that just establishing that that reality which is something we've tipped our hats to very much indeed you know that this is a real place you also know that it's a contained space and and, and you, you, it's sort of you know it, it's like walking through the haunted house before the ghosts appear and i think that's great and then from the mm. point of view of character, that, that first scene after they've woken up and they're sitting down and they're drinking coffee and they feel terrible and they don't know why they've come out of mm. And it establishes in that very informal dialogue not only who these characters are and what the pecking order is, but also how, to use Al's word, mundane this is. They are just rig workers and drivers and yeah. you know, in space yeah. and, and some, something has happened. And at that stage, they think it's just it's sort of a routine interruption. And so those those two scenes together, I think they're brilliant because mm -hmm. in an incredibly short space of time, establish the atmosphere of the environment and then the atmosphere of yeah. the people and who they are, and then the brakes come off and that's yeah. and hilarity ensues. Yeah. And you've got that moment obviously with the whale in space sound. Yes, the mm. yes, the, yes, the well, yes, using the, <laughs> using the <laughs> that's sound. That's what yeah. the guys call it. That's what Barry <laughs> calls it, the whale in space sound. And it is, it's very evocative of yeah. whole entire. And that I think for me, uh, with that opening scene, that's kind of like what makes it as well is that this sort of oh, like sound, sound and you're yeah. a bit like, oh, what is that sound? And and in fact, know. the in fact, the mo it's one of those things where there is a, there is the, an early jump point that is say long before the monster has ever appeared you, you're, you're, by, by the time you've drifted around and seen the, the clothes mm. moving in the breeze mm. and the, and the pe pecky bird on the table mm. and all that kind of you actually quite because you don't I remember the first time I saw it I didn't know how long into the film I'd have to mm. wait before before yeah, something yeah, would happen yeah, yeah. And, and that moment when suddenly the computer comes on and, the, and that really loud chattering yeah. and, and, the, and the flashing across the reflecting across the uh, the visors of the helmets on the backs of the chair makes you jump in the same way that when you're watching Aliens and you've got you've gone a long way into it and you're thinking please will something happen because <laughs> yeah, I'm so tense yeah. and, and the, the uh, chest burst bangs against the glass uh, that the Burke's looking at, and it's the yeah, first. Yeah. It's the first. You know, again, it's most of these things where the, the tension is built in both films mm. to a moment of of almost because um, it's sort of anticlimax because it's not really mm. it's not really a bad thing that's happening, but it's you kind of you kind of willing it to yeah. happen because yeah. yeah. there's something really spooky about the all the data's reflecting off that helmet because yeah. it's empty, and you, you go, where is that? Why isn't there someone sitting in that seat? Mm. And it puts you on edge for such a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're kind of like you say the first time you're like. Oh, I, oh, you've got me, you've got me, come on. And they just they just turn that screw mm. and they keep doing it, it's brilliant. And of course, that's something, again, something that we're doing in the game with the proviso that Al said earlier on about the fact that the game is obviously, just in terms of playing time, because it's a game rather than a movie, is much, much bigger. So there, I mean, I don't know what the levels of tension are going to be when you've been in it for Hi. eight yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that sort of probably that explains the smiles and glee when people get killed <laughs> on your last. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and again, when you make it bigger, because our environment is, mm. is 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 very similar, but but bigger than than the thing, is to do that without losing the claustrophobia, which mm. is because the claustrophobia is the other one to me, the yeah. key thing about the film. What makes yeah. it? Yeah, you definitely feel like you're inside the pressure cooker. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing, you know, it's about it being a space spaceship is that you can't just open a door and walk away. You can't, right. you know, you can't walk off into the desert and just walk away, leave yeah. this thing behind. You, you know, the death outside, death inside. Open a window for yeah. fresh air. Yeah, yeah. 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 you just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, you never know whether because when I was playing earlier, I was kind of looking behind me, looking in front of me, looking at my motion tracker. I was like, I don't want to look at that because I can't look over there. <laughs> I ran a little bit there because I wanted to get to this door, and I, if I ran, did I now I've got to check everything again because now I've made some noise, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and then you died. Yeah, and then I died. <laughs> that was the point of which. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm lesson. okay. Uh, okay, not. Um, what about you, Al and and Dion? It's almost impossible to answer this, really. I mean, we spent probably over four years now thinking about this movie every day. Mm. And um, we've probably watched it plenty oh, yeah, of times now. Hundreds of times now. Uh, thousands. And um, it's such a beautifully crafted film. The attention to detail is phenomenal. 
in terms of the production design, but also in terms of the script. You know, it's so stripped back. The score is fantastic. Across the board, it's an amazing piece of cinema and, and also a beautifully crafted piece of you know art. And so it's, it's almost impossible to answer this question because I guess every aspect of it, from the, the lights on the, the screen reflecting on the, the helmet to the opening to you know the space whale, you know every kind of feature and every aspect is so high quality and so part of the fabric of the film that you know it all acts as inspiration to us. And, and it, it seems it does also seem so simple. I mean, it is yeah. you, if you you can summarize the story very easily, and it seems mm. to be an extraordinarily simple story but the, everything you examine everything you look at you realise there's levels of yeah. even the way the logo appears at the beginning yeah. and that incredibly mm. slow putting it together is that kind of teasing you sense of tension that you get through the film the fact that we I mean we both obviously both love that thing with the empty helmet sitting on yeah, the helmet yeah. but it's only just occurred to me that they are they're very reminiscent of the space jockey uh, yeah. and the fact that yeah. the first alien in- encounter you have in the film when, mm. when you find the, the extraordinary ship oh sitting God. there with, with, with the space jockey inside it it's actually not even the alien that the film's about. I mean, yeah. do you know what I mean? But yeah. it's, it, and yeah. there is no explanation. No. And it's just this thing that, and, and you know. Mind-blowing, Mind seriously. Blowing. I'm yeah. now yeah. actually yeah. like, oh my God, that is so true. No, I, I think that, you know, you're saying about the alien when the logo's forming, mm. is that in the end it will become something familiar to us, a word we all recognise. Mm. But because it forms so, you know, slowly, you kind of, it's creating this weird hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Mm. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, the attention to detail give you layer after layer after layer of everything. Um, So I thought of something. (laughs) (laughs) And and actually, I mean, you know, like Al says, there's so many bits in there, which is my favourite bit. There's a bit that really sticks in my mind because it's not a big alien bit or a kind of really tense bit. But um, whenever I say it, I really love it. And it's a bit when Ripley goes down to talk to Parker and Brett um, (laughs) way before anything happens. And they just start messing with her and they turn on, they've got these like pipes going off and she has to shout over them. She's trying to tell them to do something. And they obviously don't want to, you know, you don't want to have to listen. And they're, they're kind of like, they're just playing with her because she's doing it. And then she kind of swears because she realizes what they're doing. They're like, all oh, right, you, you you know, you're kind of messing with me. And she goes away. And then Parker immediately just switches it off. Yeah. And it's like, it wasn't, nothing is broken. <laughs> and I love that. And then I love the fact that he's kind of like, he's won a little bit. He's like, please, ah, I gotta. Yeah. And then Brett says something. And then he, he kind of, you know, tells him to shut up. Or he says something. Right. And it looks like, he's like, oh, I didn't really win. And it's, <laughs> and just there, there's a lot of character there. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. understand like how they all relate to each other. And it's, I just love it because it's like why is, you know that's just in there for this little bit of character it's not mm. actually the I love it I love the turn off the pipes and like <laughs> all along you could have just done that I love it so it was interesting because obviously we've been working <clears throat> with the original cast mm. mm-hmm. on the pre-order missions yep. and uh, it was you know fascinating listening to um, them talk about making the film and Yafet especially mm. saying that Ridley Scott told him to, to I suppose effectively wind up Sigourney Weaver at every possible chance mm. uh, in order to, I guess, to get that kind of relationship mm. going. So I guess on set and offset um, to, to keep antagonizing her. I guess I guess that it's that, mm. it's that yeah. moment yeah. that you, yeah. you see that working beautifully and yeah. you know, brilliantly. He was mm. quite famous for doing that, just sort of like telling people to do, certain people to do one thing and then not telling other people mm. that they didn't mm. know it. So it's the bit where she, yeah. she slapped her uh, mm. around the face and she said, yeah, yeah, go for it really, really hard, but without telling the, the other one. So mm. it was, yeah, and he was quite famous for doing that. I'm a bit of a sucker for horror movies, so I will always, mm. always fall for the key moments that everyone should. So my scariest moment 
is uh, when Jonesy appears out of nowhere and goes, Rah! and <laughs> yeah. then, uh, yeah, classic every single time. I know it's going to happen. I'm totally prepared for it, but I still jump out, mm. out of my skin. And then, but it's uh, a bit, but it, those moments work because of those simple little human moments that like you said, mm. them, them messing with her in the, yeah. in the steam. When Brett goes looking for Jonesy, and you know. This oh, is yeah. not going to end well. And he walks into that amazing chamber with the water streaming down yeah. from between the swinging chains. And he actually stands and has a sort of washes his face in the water. And you're thinking, don't! Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. it, it was, it's a human thing to do because he's yeah. not, he has no idea yeah. what's what's yeah. waiting up in the rafters. I mean, that's, and, and those those things make them feel like real people, which is why yeah. it's important when terrible things happen to them rather than just yeah. being disposable. That's great. All right. Okay. Uh, so, last question for me certainly is um, the most interesting, unusual, or sort of like strange fact that you learned about the alien world, and and maybe yourselves whilst <laughs> whilst Goodness. creating or, or contributing to to alien isolation. Well, I, I discovered I could work hundred hour weeks without dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal achievement, I suppose. Um. Come on, there must be a strange God, fact. there's loads and loads. I can't think of any of them. Um, hmm. Is it the behind-the-scenes stuff that you didn't know? I mean, like, we obviously got quite a lot of information from the archives, which I thought were brilliant and very interesting. Mm. So anything from, from that the, collection? There was something Veronica Cartwright said, which I thought was mm. really interesting, and I never heard. She said that, um, uh, have you noticed, like, an alien, none of them ever try and just catch it or mm -hmm. try and talk to it? Mm. Like, in the first film, she goes... Um, yeah, none of them ever go, hey, hey, maybe it's just scared and we should... They immediately go, let's, you know, let's mm. kill it, let's flush out the airlock. I mean, it does kill everyone pretty quickly. But, <laughs> so you can kind of understand. But I, I thought that was interesting. She said she kind of pictured it like this, like kind of foal that was really scared and just like running around. And when it saw stuff, you know, when it saw what it thought danger, you know, stuff it didn't mm. it attack. And I was like, I never thought of it from that perspective no. at all, you know. And, maybe um, that explains, you know, how she meets her end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. She's like, yeah, don't move, fine. don't move. No, that's a really bad idea. Um, <laughs> it is pretty aggressive. I think we can. Yeah, I, I'm it's, sure. Well, obviously it's interesting from her point of view because yeah. she, would have, she would have known the story before ever seeing mm. the visualisation. Yeah. of of anything i mean that's such a mm. position that we don't have we, we, you know uh, yeah. and uh i think if if the if the alien had been a more conventional movie monster i think that the, there would have been an expectation in the in the audience that why aren't why you know maybe it's just scared maybe mm. why, why aren't yeah. why aren't they trying to deal with it or, or you know communicate with it yeah. the very fact that geiger's design is so you just know yeah. it's it's mm. awful yeah. that it's it's designed for one one purpose yeah. uh, it's almost like with those, they didn't even have to have the conversation the moment it yeah the moment yeah. it ripped yeah. its way out of john hurt they're going well okay <laughs> we got to kill it. When I say hello to that, like that. Yeah. I certainly don't get any sense of like, oh. Mm. I mean, I, the chest burster, I think it's actually in certain angles quite endearing. Dion's giving me a dodgy look because he knows I'm going to say cute. Uh, but, but, you know, it's just like, it's, it's little head. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but the full grown thing doesn't, yeah. certainly doesn't make me think it just wants to talk. Let's sit down and have a cup of tea. Because yeah. that's, that's clearly... Tea is not on its mind. Um, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know the alien had a well. The, had kind of um, eye sockets. Yes. Mm. Until I saw the artwork from Fox, and I saw uh, the artwork mm. we'd done on it. I was like, oh yeah, you know, because you, you don't always see that, and uh, that was like a cool thing to find out. You can actually see it in the game, but yeah. it's very hard to because obviously any any time you're that close, it yeah, surely it's, means it's that not, you're yeah, dead. Yeah. Um, but not a lot of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to anyone who does manage to spot that without dying. Kudos to anybody who manages to talk to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just a foal. Yeah. Run to me, dead. <laughs> yeah. Here's a hug. Ow. 
uh, yeah, it's it's just it's it is again going back to that attention to detail. I guess you know we we, we were massive fans of the film before we started this, and everyone has a kind of perception of what is in the film and you could talk about the costumes or talk about the, the real uh, tactile world but it wasn't until we actually got the archive material that you could really study it and investigate it and deconstruct it and, and realize just how amazing John Molo's costume design was or yeah you know and and, and I was really fortunate to, to have some really great discussion with Terry Wallen the um the editor of the film and uh and again just you know get, getting his insight into into how because I think it's a it's an amazingly edited film, you know, as, mm. as much as anything else. It's and, and it's a film, I guess, that de really depends on its editing because it's those moments of when to cut kind of mm. really define what you see. And so I think he did an incredible job. And um, mm. uh, and so again, I think you know, I think I'm repeating myself from the last podcast, but I guess it's the same. It's the same stuff. It's just the craft, the you know, the realization as we worked on on this source material, the amount of effort that went into creating, you know. It's it's a it's you know from some people's perspective it could have been a monster movie you know it could have been a kind of B movie you know a guy in a rubber suit it could have been kind of people couldn't you know potentially might have not taken it particularly seriously um, but I think it's all of those aspects that mean that you know that we're still talking about it 35 years on now after its original release you know that we made a made a game it's you know you can watch it now and it's still you know, mm. give you get it will give you an emotional reaction you still feel scared watching it um and i think that's a sort of testament to, to the craft and to the amount of uh, creativity and imagination that, that went into that original um yeah i guess you know the fact that we can come in to the studio every day and, and still be inspired by it is probably 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 the greatest surprise because you'd imagine that it would probably start to feel um a little bit tired after a while but actually um it's it's phenomenal Sorry, that wasn't a very jokey answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't impressed with we'll that answer, yeah. to be honest, yeah. Al. So, anyway, moving on. Um, Dion, you, you've got one last question to ask, Oh, Dan. oh yeah, so um, I was wondering, because um, obviously you've worked with a lot of uh, licenses, um, but you've also created your own stuff. Um, I was wondering what's harder, what's tough to do, because with a license, obviously, you've got a lot of stuff you've got to stick with, but actually gives you a bedrock first. And yeah. I was wondering if there, you know, there's any... I, I actually don't think one is harder than the other to do. Mm. I think they I think they are rewarding in, in, in completely separate ways, because in some respects, you could say that the hard thing about working on any uh, franchise is the restriction that it's somebody else's universe, mm. and you've got, to, you've got to respect the rules of that universe, you've got to understand them you've got to get in step with it to, in order to do a, a good job of it and also you've got to put the toys back in the box unbroken at the end as well because mm. somebody else is going to need to use them at some point so there are genuine restraints constrictions and and so if you you could i suppose see that as a negative that you are constricted however i really really like that sort of ref, having my target refined in that kind of way let's say you know to be given a set of rules and say create something within this so rather than seeing it as a negative i always see that as a very positive thing to do and obviously when you're doing something creative around that you're you know sort of you've created yourself original fiction original comics or whatever like that uh, there is the exhilaration of the freedom which mm. is the positive thing you know I, I am well building I'm creating my own characters I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing but at the same time that is in itself difficult because you realise that there isn't somebody there who can tell you some detail of the world that you might need to know at some point mm. and you 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 know you can refine all those things at first hand but sometimes sometimes in the middle of something something go, I've never worked out this and I didn't ever realise I'd need to work this out and that, and so, so actually the, the very freedom therefore could be seen as a, a 
uh, as a negative. So I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say one is easier than the other. They're sort of, sort of different disciplines, and it's. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do both in order to to to, to enjoy both of those processes. Yeah. But um, but no, I I know some people might feel very restri- very constricted by working on um, a franchise or somebody else's IP. But it's not something I've, I've, it's something I've done so much, and it's something I, I really enjoy doing. But I don't don't see it as a as a negative. Brilliant. So I think that concludes our podcast. So uh, and the winner with seventeen points. Um, no, thank you, uh, guys, for joining me um, in uh, this podcast, uh, and thanks very much, Dan, for you know making your way to Horsham and and joining us at the studio. So yeah, big shout out to you, uh, superstars of the podcast world. <laughs> all right, Al. All right. <laughs> I do it so I can see Al's reaction, really. Um, and obviously, thank you to our listeners for tuning in and obviously downloading and listening to us. Uh, thank you very much. And hopefully we will be back again in the future with another podcast. So uh, until then, from us, this is uh, the crew of Creative Assembly, Alien Isolation, signing out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>